Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Functioning Autoimmune. Today, we have such a fun guest. We have Alisa Frazier. She is a health coach, therapist, exercise consultant for women with multiple sclerosis. Hi, Alyssa. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're here today. You have such an amazing story yourself personally, but I want to give you a chance to just kind of explain to the listeners how you got into this work of helping people with MS and what kind of led you down that track. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, so kind of back, back up a little bit actually to like 13 years ago yesterday, actually I was diagnosed with MS 13 years ago yesterday, which is oddly enough, my wedding anniversary too. I did not plan that. (laughs) So it's definitely something to keep in mind for the future for everyone. But, um, but yeah, so I was diagnosed with MS, um, yesterday in 2009. Um, and I, I was in grad school at the time to become a therapist. And, um, and unfortunately I was in an abusive relationship, which I think was kind of the catalyst for my MS diagnosis. So I had bigger fish to fry at that point. I was like 24 and I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, I'm not going to pay attention to this. I'm just going to go on the medication. And like, that's that. Um, so I didn't really think about it too much. Um, I was a runner at that time too. So um, through my running, I actually got a toe infection and had to go off my medication just because uh, the immunosuppressant like wasn't that helpful in healing other things. Yeah. Um, so then I just never really went back on it um, because I was a stubborn 20, probably 24, 25 year old at that time. And I was like, bah, whatever, I don't need this. I feel fine. Um, we all do and so at fine. that age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, like invincible, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I went off of it. Um, and then never really went back on it. And eventually, uh, I got rid of the abusive boyfriend and got a different boyfriend. And he was much more supportive. And he was like, um, you probably should be taking this. So I, I went back on it. And um, for, for all of everybody, I was on Capaxone at first. And uh, way back then, it was an everyday injection, which now I think it's um, down to like three times a week or something like that. Um, so I, I was back to the injection schedule and I had actually, um, I screwed up a little bit and injected into a vein by accident. And that like made me feel terrible. Like that's kind of that horrible injection reaction that everyone hears about. Um, so I, I was started in the process of changing medication because my doctor was like, that's not very good to do. So let's just <laughs> do something else. Um, and then in that time, I, uh, I woke up one Saturday with not being able to feel the right side of my body. Um, so that set off kind of uh, a course of relapses over the next year and a half. I had about three relapses, which is pretty fast for MS. Um, my doctor was talking about pretty like not subtle giant lesions in my brain. Um, it was very aggressive MS. Like it really kind of um, uh, kind of catapulted from that point on. Um, so I switched medication. I was still feeling pretty crappy. I, I switched to Tysabri, which was a heavier hitter um, kind of thinking back then. And um so just to be a little bit more aggressive, uh, treating it because it had really, uh, progressed a lot. Yeah. Um, so a few months on the medication, I was still feeling a lot of, um, uncomfortable symptoms. I was in a lot of pain. I was exhausted, um, kind of all of that stuff. So I had heard about the autoimmune protocol years ago, but was like, I can't do that. That's like way too much stuff to give up. Um, and so by this time I had given up a few things like gluten and dairy and some big things. So I wasn't that far away from it. Um, so January, I think of 2015, I was like, okay, something has to give here. And so I, I started the full elimination AIP um, where you cut, it's, I call it paleo and steroids and you cut out like gluten, <laughs> dairy, grains, seeds, legumes, uh, nuts, eggs, all sorts of stuff. And um, I found that my pain and my exhaustion uh, really got a lot better, like within three or four months. So I was like, that's amazing. This is like huge. And um, 
as I said, I was a, I was working as a therapist at that time. Um, I'd always been interested in, in nutrition and fun, in fitness. Um, so I, I decided to get some nutrition certifications, get another, get a personal training certification and kind of change over my career from like a straight therapist to more health coach. And then once I found that, like, I had such great success with what I was doing, I was like, I needed to help other people through this process too. Cause like, I didn't have anyone to, to yeah. talk to. And so like, that would have been helpful. So then I became kind of, I started my own business and my own coaching and here I am today. Yeah, I love that. I love your story. And I think there's so many people out there listening that probably have a similar story or they're going through something similar to what you did maybe now or they have in the past or, you know, it's it's such a MS is such a common um, occurrence out there. And I feel like, you know, the the handful of people that I know that have MS, their symptoms and, and kind of what they experience day to day is so different between each of them. And it's yep. so fascinating to me that it can be, you know, the same um, diagnosis, but with very, very different symptoms. And so you mentioned yep. AIP and how that really helped you, but it is very, very strict. So what did you find really kind of got you to the place where you are today? Like, what was your big, like, what was kind of the big push that got you there? Yeah. Um, I think there's, I don't, I don't know if there's like kind of one singular thing that really got me to where I am. Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of stuff of like kind of the food changing over, like kind of obviously AIP is a really big a really big commitment like you just talked about it's really big um so I think that was a big catalyst like that kind of started like that changed my mindset from like oh it's just medication like forever to like oh wait I have I have an active role in this you know like this is my body and like my habits you know so like yeah. what else can I be doing um so I changed over like my uh workouts a little bit like I was a pretty like just like a pretty long distance runner I was doing like half marathons and stuff and yeah. kind of slowly realized that that wasn't really serving me. So I went more kind of slower, like less intensity strength stuff for a while. And that really helped also. Um, and then eventually, as probably more in the last few years, this is more of a case, but um, and kind of also kind of partnering with like, as I've realized more like working with clients and stuff that like mindset and emotional healing is really kind of at the crux of everything, you know, like you could be doing, we can be doing the diet and the exercise and like all this stuff. But if we're still like up here with stress, and like kind of not paying attention to our bodies and like all of that stuff is only going to go so far. Yeah. So I think a really big kind of catalyst that has propelled me in, at least in the last few years, like to getting to like a little bit um, more stable, I guess, place would be kind of yeah. that emotional component. And um, cause I have not found yet a person with autoimmune disease who is not a type a uh, like perfectionist um, all or nothing kind of like control freak. And I say that with love because that's who I am too, you know? Um, so I'm not like, pointing fingers here or anything, but like calling us out gently because that's what I needed, you know, yeah. to kind of break that, that hustle and like that, that kind of giving everything to everyone else except myself cycle. And that's really what propelled everything forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that you work with people from, from all different walks of life, all different types of symptoms. You know, I'm sure you've, you've met so many different people with what you do. And, you know, I, I only ask this because I do, I have a really good friend who just a couple of years ago, her MS basically had her bedridden. She couldn't really do anything. Mm. And so when you get to that point, you feel, and I, you know, I don't have MS. I had um, Hashimoto's, which I've reversed, but you know, any type of autoimmune condition, you get to the point of like, I give up. I don't know what to do, you know? And I feel like that's kind of where she was. She's not there now, but mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of where she was. So when you meet people like that, who feel like they've kind of gotten to the end of their line, they don't know what to do. They, their bodies, they feel like their bodies are kind of rejecting them or turning against them. What are some yeah. of the really good 
easy, gentle steps that they can start taking because, you know, exercise may not be the first step, you know, that might be a little bit down the road. So what are some really good right. for them? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Um, so I think, I think, I think exercise can be a first step. Absolutely. Yeah. Because um, kind of my version of exercise is a lot different than well, what it used to be. And then also kind of like society's ideas of like exercise, quote unquote, you know, so I think, so taking that like specific example of like being in, on the couch all the time, or like in bed all the time, um, I think there can be like some uh, just gentle, like strength stretches or strengthening stuff that can be done. Um, but I think really like kind of the overall message is like, a little bit really helps. And because it, it, that's kind of flies in the face of culture, especially of like kind of the societal culture of like hustle. I get to do all the things at the same time, you know, yeah. but like what I like to talk about and like what I preach in my, um, with my clients and like my, on my Instagram and everything is small steps, like small steps, like one that's going to lead, lead to like big leaps, yeah. but two, like small steps is enough, you know? And I think kind of, we can get into our heads of like, Oh, I have to do all the diet. I have to do all the exercises, do the supplements, like all, all like tomorrow, right. you know, but Really, it's just like, okay, well, maybe you can um, drink more water. Maybe you can have uh, a few extra vegetables with your food, you know, like kind of these really small things that really do kind of add up and then can start to shift like one, like your bodily experience, but then two, like your emotional experience between kind of just going from like laying there, like kind of, oh, I can't do anything. I'm not doing anything like in that shame spiral. But then like doing one thing, which is like, oh, I did something for myself today. Like I did do this, you know, and like that kind of brings you more like kind of starts to shift it from like that shame to like a little bit of hope of like oh okay I can do something I can make I can make a difference even if I'm laying on the couch or like laying in bed yeah absolutely I love that and I think too you know the benefit of working with a coach is so underrated (laughs) it really is because not only are you their coach I mean that's the word not only are you their coach to kind of help guide and support But when you're feeling overwhelmed and you feel like you have to do the exercise, you have to do the diet, you have to do all these things right now, you have that kind of sounding board to say, no, no, (laughs) this is what we're going to do today. And I think that's such a powerful tool. And I think a lot of people don't understand just how important that can be in their healing journey. Do you feel that that's what a lot of your clients have noticed too? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and they, a lot of people use the word permission of like, okay, you, you gave me the permission to like, not care about everything, you know, cause like kind of the resounding again, like society and like kind of everything that you read about, um, like how to help yourself, but like do all these different things. And so if you're just reading that by yourself, you know, you're like, Oh, I have to do all these things like tomorrow. Uh Oh, you know, but I think, yeah, having a coach, like a sounding board, like you said, of like, okay, well let's, let's prioritize like what would be best for you, you know, and like kind of really get into the weeds of like, okay, what's your life? Like what's your like routines like, and kind of really figuring out where the opportunities are and like the blind spots that like you, like yourself, like might not have seen, like kind of, you know, like you're, you're in your life. So you can't really see it objectively. And that's what a coach is great for, or like a practitioner is like to come into it, like kind of almost be like a consultant, you know, like see like where the opportunity areas are, like where you're probably doing a little too much, you know, and like kind of say all and kind of be a mirror back to you for that. Right. Yeah. I also love that you're a therapist as well. And I'll explain why. (laughs) I mean, I love it anyway, but also because I feel like there's this kind of unspoken thing that happens when you're diagnosed with autoimmune disease, any type of autoimmune disease, you kind of have this shock and awe moment of this diagnosis, but then you also have this period of like mourning the old life you thought you had. And so there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes into it. And I think 
it's not talked about very often and it's not something that you're prepared for that you know about. And so I love that you have that ability to, to kind of address those things. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was, I was saying earlier, like kind of what really was the catalyst for me was like kind of diving into all of that, you know, my anger, like that I, that I just ignored it, you know, like, so I wasn't angry or like, I was totally fine, but really I was just ignoring it and repressing all of that, you know, like, so like that's, that's building inside of me and like not helping obviously. Um, so yeah, because really getting a diagnosis really with anything is trauma, you know, like that's traumatic. Like that's kind of a, a giant shift from like where you think your life is going to kind of like, uh, I'm in jeopardy here, you know, like, so that's going to create a lot of issues. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people, especially like even doctors and stuff, like don't have that kind of emotional awareness. So like, they like, they all, they hand out the diagnosis, like very easily. And like, they're like, Oh, this is what you have. Like, yeah. okay, ready, go get some medication. You know, like, there's no, like, I would love, I think I talked about this a little bit ago, like on a different, um, uh, like on Instagram and stuff, like I would love to see like, doctors have that like okay well here's like here's some resources for you you know like here's like I know I'm not equipped to like talk about the emotions and stuff like which they're not um so I think like here's some resources and like here would be some great ideas for you like to get some therapy around this or like kind of see someone like even short term you know um but yeah I think because getting a diagnosis in itself is just so jarring and and can be so traumatic too depending on like obviously what happened and like how you got there um, but I think even if it was like a perfect, <laughs> a perfect way of getting diagnosed, which I don't know what that would be. Um, but I think even just like hearing those words can be um, very traumatic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for most people, they, they get a diagnosis and they don't even know what it is or what it means. It's like, yep, you know, that's what I was like. <laughs> and you're like, well, what is that? Like what, you know, maybe right. you've never even heard of it before. And I think that's very traumatizing. Oh yeah. Cause I had I hadn't, I heard of it, you know, like, but MS, ALS, like they're kind of all lumped, like Parkinson's are all kind of lumped yeah. together, you know, cause like neurological stuff, which makes sense. Yeah. But like, so you hear MS and you're like, oh, that's like really bad. Yeah. But like, but what is it? <laughs> you know, like, cause you, right. you have that association, but I had to go home and Google it. Um, when right. I first, when the nurse, when he first started talking about MS, I was like, oh, that's, that's probably not good. And I had to go home and Google and like learn about it. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have to, this is completely like a 180, <laughs> but I have to ask because it just came to me and I'm just curious, did you at any point try, you know, um, hyperbarics or anything like that? Or have you seen anyone who's used those types of therapies for MS? And what are your thoughts on, on like those types of alternative therapies? Yeah, um, I myself haven't um, tried like a hyperbaric chamber or anything, or I haven't read too much about it. Um, but like any, I think any complementary therapy is helpful. Like the hyperbaric stuff, the cryo- cryotherapy. I just talked about that on Instagram earlier or like last week, I think. Um, yeah, I think any acupuncture is wonderful. I, I love acupuncture and, um, it actually helps one of my pain flares significantly like that day. So I think it's wonderful. I think anything that, that works for you, um, like try it all and like see what works the best. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's also one of the things that you don't get handed on a slip of paper when you get your diagnosis is there's these, all these wonderful alternatives that can help you in, in, you know, a lot of different ways. And, you know, they're not necessarily going to cure you, so to speak, but they can help with your pain management and things like that. And I think, you know, if we can get the word out on a lot of those alternative treatments and therapies and things like that, I think it would go a long way to help people. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like in the, in the brochure or whatever, like I want a neurologist to have of like, here's all the information that you need to know. <laughs> right. Like I'm not, I'm not equipped to tell you about, but here, go, go search. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like you should make one and take it to all the neurologists in your area and be like, I need you to give this to people. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I well, I actually just wrote like a little mini book that would be perfect for that. So that's a good idea. I should probably just do that. Go pedal it off to the other yeah. neurologists around me. <laughs> Say, do me a favor. I need you to give this to all your patients because you're terrifying them, by the way. Because I don't think yep. they realize that they're doing that. I don't think it's intentional. Right. And absolutely not. You know, like they could say it like the nicest way possible, but like, yeah. it doesn't matter like what the words coming out, like sound like it's more of like the words themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I don't think they, they realize that at all in their like seven minute appointments now. So yeah, absolutely. So I have to ask you, since you're kind of the, you know, the expert on MS, you've gone through it yourself, you're helping other people get through that, which is fantastic. If someone were to come to you or if you were in a doctor's office when someone was handed their diagnosis, how would you explain to them? So are for any listeners who still don't fully understand what's going on, how would you explain MS to them? How would you, how would you kind of help hmm. them understand what they have, what's going on? That's a great question. Um, yeah. So like if I was talking to someone like totally brand new, I would, I would talk probably about, um, I'd give them a little background on like what clinically is kind of happening in your body, like in terms of like inflammation and like for whatever reason, your body decided that your inflammation was going to go attack the myelin because we there's a lot of different pathways that um, <laughs> obviously autoimmunity can form and inflammation can attack different things. But for us, it's, it's the myelin in our, in our bodies. And um, that it's, it's definitely, a like a real and, and like big, um, the word I want to, is not coming to me at this time, but kind of not like severe necessarily, but like, it's, it's a big diagnosis, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's hope, you know, like there's also like, there's medication, there's a lot of medications out there, like way more now than when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Um, like oral medications were not even a thing. They were like in the very early research pipeline. So there's so many more easier and accessible medications that are that's possible to be taking and there's so many things that we can be doing ourselves so it's absolutely not like a death sentence or anything it's not like um in five years you're going to be in a wheelchair of like absolutely like it's, yeah. it's none of that um but like it is like it's important and like it's a big thing but at the same time like there's a lot of stuff that you can do and life is not over Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, for some people, and I know this with my own clients, because I get this conversation often, is, you know, they'll come with me with with some kind of autoimmune condition, whatever it be. And their first concern is that they were offered medication, and they don't want to take it. It's okay Mm. to take medication for a period of time, because you may actually need that your body may actually need that Mm. support while you kind of start working through your things. So, you know, do you yeah. find that people are usually are concerned about the medications as well? And kind of how do you work through that? Absolutely. Um, Cause a lot of the medications have like a lot of not fun side effects, you know? Yeah. And I think it really depends on like how you're starting with MS, you know, like for a lot of people, if they just um, don't have any crazy, like really uh, impactful symptoms or like anything like too bad, like that's not really interfering with their daily life. They're like, why am I going to introduce something that probably helps but may make me feel worse than I do right now you know I think that's that's definitely something to like be working through and like talking through with like your doctors and like any other practitioners you have um but like then also like on the other hand like if you are coming with like a lot of disability and a lot of early progression then medication probably is the right thing for you because like you're just saying it kind of calms your body down a little bit um and just kind of puts out a little bit of that smoldering inflammation fire Right. Yeah. And I think what's important for people to understand is that medications don't have to be forever. And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from is I'm going to have to start taking this medication and then I'm going to take it for the rest of my life. And that's Mm. not always necessarily the case. You know, I know for me with thyroid medication, it wasn't really an option when I first got diagnosed. It was like your thyroid is literally not working. (laughs) Right. 
you know, medication was something I had to do while I, you know, continue to support that. And now I no longer need any of that. So it's important Mm. to understand that, you know, you may be somebody that's on, on it for several months, several years, you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be forever for the rest of your life. And if it is, then Mm. that's okay too. Like, it's just, it's whatever your body needs and whatever support that you need. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I assume MS, medications are, are similar in that way that like, you know, you might, you might necessarily not need them forever or for long periods, depending on kind of your progression and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, kind of general concern about coming off medications because others like rebound effects possibly and a lot of that. So I think there's definitely a time and a place to come off, but like to do it in a way that is the most beneficial for you, um, kind of according to the medication. Cause I know different medications have different kind of um, different like profiles in terms of like the rebound rates and stuff like that. So, um, definitely if that's, if you've come to a stable place and you're like, I want to get off of this and like, see how that goes. And I think that's wonderful. And definitely like kind of clue in and talk to your neurologist on how to like successfully, like, uh, either titrate down or, um, like how to slowly taper off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, yeah. And I like to show that side of autoimmunity to everyone just because, I feel like it can be so consuming sometimes, especially when it's still so new to you that you feel like this is your life. (laughs) Mm, My life is going to be, you know, kind of a thing, but, but really there's so much, there's so much more um, space and opportunity and room uh, outside of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that. And then I did want to touch on exercise a little bit more with you, just because I feel like exercise is so important for all of us, especially for anyone with autoimmunity, just because of the inflammation and all the things that are happening. But you're also an exercise consultant. Um, And so what types of what types of movement or exercise do you find to be really beneficial kind of in the early stages? And, you know, how do you kind of progress people through kind of different stages of exercise? Yeah, definitely. Um. So one thing I like to talk about in terms of exercise is kind of the differentiating and separating like exercise from movement, kind of that conversation. Um, and I think because I like to talk about it as a movement, because um, movement seems is feels like so much more inclusive to me, like with all different types of movement than just like straight exercise. Like yeah. gardening is gardening is absolutely exercise, like sometimes, but like we don't think about it that way. And like that's not how like society kind of thinks about it. So like that's not how we think about it. Um so I like to kind of transition people's thoughts from like straight exercise and like kind of beginning and ending exercise, kind of like to movement, like especially like throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so that's like kind of one component. Um, but then another is to have exercises and things that slowly reduce tension while building strength at the same time. Because yeah. um, a lot of us, uh, for a lot of different reasons, carry a lot of tension in our body and our muscles. And that's probably either one of like a symptom of our um, autoimmune disease or like one of how we got there, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> but muscle tension is pretty much a hallmark of, of kind of autoimmune disease in general. Um, so kind of reducing that tension through like either massage or foam rolling or um, just any kind of like body work and then focusing on like the strength component. So like kind of going back to what I was like when we were talking about um, your friend on the couch and like kind of in bed, like she could possibly be doing like some isometric like leg holds, you know, like that's kind of like where you squeeze your muscles and then like, that's it squeeze. And like, that's it. So like, that's really where I start. Like with a lot of people is kind of like that ab bracing, like that isometric core stuff. Cause like our core, like is the core of like our body and like, (laughs) and we need that to be functioning and like to be strong. Um, So I think that's where to start, but then kind of slowly introducing um, like kind of like the idea of like the movement throughout the day and like kind of 
keeping up the movement and then like joint mobility and all that kind of stuff like will eventually progress um and then hopefully we can come back to like some more um like specific exercise and kind of like that beginning ending kind of exercise like strength training sessions and things like that yeah i love that i love the idea of of concentrating on movement as opposed to exercise because i think the word exercise can be very triggering for some people oh yeah you know oh, absolutely <laughs> just because yeah of you know society and what what has been told for you that you're supposed to you're supposed to be like an hour of really hard you know cardio or whatever it is yeah and so it can be very terrifying and so I like that you focus on movement and things that people like to do such as gardening and stuff like that and you know yeah. another example of one of my friends with MS you know I'm a horse girl so I know all kind of horse women and so she has MS but she's a horseback rider and she has felt yeah filmed the fluid movement of horseback riding to be very therapeutic for her and yep. while that's not necessarily exercise as the world would would um categorize it it still is definitely movement it's you know stretching and absolutely and body so yeah I think it's really important to focus on things that you love to do that are movement yeah yeah absolutely because then then you're gonna do it you know, yeah. like if it's exercise and if it's a chore and if it's like, I have to have the right outfit in the right space and like the right time and like all these kind of things that can be really big barriers. Mm -hmm. But if it's just like movement, like, okay, let's go for a walk to the driveway or like just the mailbox and back, you know, like, oh, let's, let's take the dog for a five minute walk or let's go garden for 15 minutes, you know, like, yeah. and like, as you kind of accumulate those throughout the day, like that really adds up. So yeah, I like that, the kind of exercise to movement reframe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So before we run out of time, I definitely want to make sure that I give people the time or give you the time to tell people how they can find you, um, where they can reach out to you, all of that wonderful information. So can you share where people can find your websites or, or any of that? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so I have a website, it's uh, www.list. So L I S S, uh, hyphen, not underscore the hyphen ms.com. Um, but I spend most of my time on Instagram. I'm there. I'm uh, Liss, L-I-S-S, period, M-S. Okay. Over there. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll share that in the notes as well, you guys, so that you can easily um, find those. So if you didn't have a chance to write that down or you didn't look her up right away, <laughs> check the notes and you can find um, that information there. And Alyssa, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your journey and how you're helping so many other people out there with MS. I think what you're doing is so important. So I really appreciate what you're doing and for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening. Welcome to the show. And thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens with 75 absorbable vitamins and minerals in just one scoop per day. I've increased my energy, immune function, and so much more. AG is a non-negotiable part of my daily routine. For your own risk-free AG plus 20% off and free vitamin D3 K2 supplement, go to www.athleticgreens.com backslash functionally autoimmune or look in the notes of this podcast and you can find the link there. Trust me, you want to add Athletic Greens to your day. It makes such a huge difference.